Get Pucked. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Pucked podcast. Vito, Matt, and Dave here with you this time around. The He's back. The Trentadue. He's back. I know it's going to make a bunch of our listeners very happy, and it makes us very happy. Welcome back, Dave. Um, we are We are in September, gentlemen. And in September, there is hockey. So basically, as far as I'm concerned, the summer is done. Hockey season has started just about. We got the rookies that are going to be coming up. We got the guys who are getting snapshots all over the place of them back on the ice, all coming back to the mecca of hockey in Montreal. It's very exciting times. So, of course, since uh, since we're, we're, we're talking hockey, there there's one or two things I wanted to talk to you guys about. And, you know, there's not been a lot of movement since the very last time we talked. There hasn't been a lot of changes with the team. You know, no real big storylines. So just more general kind of things to talk about. Um, and one thing that piqued my interest the most, and this was, again, a question that was posed, and a lot of people had a lot of opinions about this. Do you want, in your opinion, I should say it this way, in your opinion, would it be better for the team to have another bottom five year or actually take that next step? Which the next step, I'm not saying is playoffs this year. I'm saying perhaps a couple of points out of a playoff spot. You know what I mean? Is it which which will land them somewhere likely in the draft? I don't know. Let's call it you know early teens, right? Some they'll, they'll probably be around there if that's the next step. You know, <laughs> they went from first overall pick to a fifth. Now let's say the next logical progression is something like they'll pick in the I don't know 12, 13, 14 range. Um, what do you think is better? And then I'll ask you what would you prefer? So twofold. What is better for the team? And tell me why. And then tell me what you personally would prefer. Dave, since it's been so long, we'll start with you, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's better is obviously a, a bottom five finish. I think that, you know, you always want the best player um, possible in the draft. And you're going to get that in the top five for sure. Um, it's, it's a tough question because there is value in, you know, them kind of competing a little bit and, and seeing what they got when the team's actually competing and trying to win games as opposed to like no pressure, you know, ha everyone hands off. It's, mm -hmm. you know, teams right now, they're not preparing for the Canadians, right? They see the Canadians on the, on the schedule. They're focusing their team. They're not trying to shut down Cole Caulfield yet. They're not trying to shut down because it doesn't really matter. They, they probably odds are they're going to win the game, you know, with a, a little preparation compared to other teams. That's in my opinion. That's how it runs. So to me, I think there is a lot of value in, um, in in competing and and actually you know playoff spot or not i don't think that's probably re necessarily realistic but we've seen crazier things happen right like like this is a young group they're eager and a lot of people teams are probably going to take them for granted this year and they could sneak in some wins here or there do i think that will happen no but i definitely do see value in it in a team you know trying to to at least better themselves and not just drop down and see what happens for that, they'll need to stay healthy, obviously, which has been yeah. their Achilles heel Fair. for the past uh, 7,000 years. But um, <laughs> I think, honestly, yeah. that's that's the most important uh, part is is you want to see these guys, how they perform when they have to win games and when teams are preparing for them. That's what I want to see, especially in this development. I mean, it's been it's been a few years now. Like, let's, let's start seeing a little bit of progress, I think. But... There's no harm in finishing bottom five either. I mean, I'm getting that pick. I think that's ultimately, if you're looking at the long term, um, you know, of the of the franchise, I think probably another top, a bottom five finish is is a great. But I don't want to see it. 
Okay. So that that's the that's my takeaway. So so and I think a lot of people perhaps feel the same way about you. Would another bottom pick uh, or top pick for that matter by finishing bottom five be beneficial for the team? Quite obviously, yes. But I think most fans are at the stage now that they're like, you know, you got a first overall, you got a fifth overall. You've tweaked the team a bit. You got very young, very skilled. Perhaps it's time to see a little bit of progression. Uh, perfectly valid. I'm right there with you. Vito, what do you think? What are we talking about here? It's it's the rebuild basically just started. Just you know started. I mean? it's, it's been one full calendar year of this quote unquote rebuild. You have to get another bottom five pick. I wouldn't even say try to go for a bottom three because if you look at the projected players for the next draft, uh, well, top three pick, but you know what I mean. Uh, it, the majority of them are there's. The top three are projected to be wingers and centers, so they're forwards. And then it's defensemen. And Montreal just drafted the defenseman last draft. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what? Do, so you have to, if they're going to fail, if you want to call it that, then fail for a top three pick, not a top five. But at the same time, it's a rebuild year. So we're, we're going to be looking at a team losing for the next three years at least. Now, will we see some progression? Only if they, to what Dave said is if they stay healthy. If they stay healthy, then you might see them finishing, uh, you know, closer to ten. But if they're going to go through another injury-riddled season, then start tanking. Do what you got to do to be in the bottom three. I mean, there's some pretty hot takes in there for for a second. Let me see if I can just back backtrack this just for a moment because I did not know your stance on this, and I find that fascinating. So you think we're only year one? Of the rebuild, it's been one calendar year. Un, un, under the under the the Gorton Hughes regime, they inherited the the later half of the previous season, but one full yeah, year. Yeah, they they got hired at the end of a season. But but you think you think the end the end tenure of Bergevin, there was no hey, we realize this this team is not going anywhere. We're starting to do some tools. No, we as fans realized that they weren't going anywhere. He went and got Christian Dvorak, signed Armia, did all these things to try to salvage his, his, his career with the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens. And then Kent Hughes got into the picture afterwards. Well, first was Jeff Gordon, then Kent Hughes. So, yeah. So, okay. Okay. But hold on a second because I think a lot of people would agree that last year was a write-off, the year before was a write-off, and, and they're like, okay, maybe one more year. That's why I asked the question, is one more year palatable for the majority, do you think? But you then threw out, they're going to be bad and rebuilding for the next three years, and to expect them to be bad, well, I, bad I said, for three I a, more years. A while ago, I said a while ago that it's going to be likely five years. Now, as the Montreal's covered in terms of prospects full, it's up. There's assets that can be moved by or other things and make the team better, sure. But they're still missing Ooh. two key positions. They're still missing high-end offensive talent. I'm talking about high-end. Yeah. And a goalie, right? Yeah. Now, they believe they may have it with Fowler. Who knows? The jury's still out on that one. I like very everything young. that we got to see. Fowler, years but, Very young, yeah. And it's still years away. So you still have those – until you can literally say you look at your depth and say every position's more or less check, then you can't really say right. – Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. I'll ask it to both of you. Barring the injuries last year, which, again, just to remind some people who might have forgotten, was a record number of man games lost. If the entire team 
did not get injured at any given point last year is the team that was iced last year a bottom five team? Close to it. Close to Close it. I don't think the injuries. Yeah, I agree with that take. I don't think it's uh, you know I don't think it's bottom five necessarily, but it's close to it. It wouldn't be a shock of me. A shock it, to me if is you... it six or is it ten? No, eight, nine, ten, around there. You think they're the eight, nine, tenth worst team in the league? Yeah, last year, pretty much. Yeah, last year. If everybody they, was healthy and playing, yeah. Are they an improved team this year? Yes. From last year. So suffice to say, if that's the case, if you think eight, nine, ten last year, it is likely that they are. 10, 11, 12 this year. Is that what you're saying? Nine, 10, I mean, they're 11. improved. Are they, are, they, are they, you know, are they that improved? And and, and the thing is, the, the way to tell a rebuild, right, to me, is is whether you're making any moves to make your team better in the short term. And they, they have done none of that, right? They haven't. I mean, like they're taking risks on guys like, uh, quote, unquote, risks with a guy like Newhook. And they're, they're taking on projects more than they're taking on, like, oh, I want to bolster my D-line. I want to get a goalie re- for this run. Like, they're not doing that whatsoever. They're, they're taking on projects and they're taking on contract, what, whatever the case may be. But they're not progressing in sense of, like, oh, they're going out to get a stud to play in the top six. And they haven't done that at all. No, I think that's fair. And I think to Vito's point, I think ultimately it comes down to there is still too many holes, big holes that need to be filled that you can't just go and grab one guy and then suddenly you're competing. Of course. That said, however, that said, my stance on this team is different than both of yours. I don't think that they're going to compete for a playoff spot. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand. But I certainly think that this team is much further along in this rebuild than perhaps you guys oh, are saying yes. they are. Which to me means I want competition this year. I would not want to see them finish bottom five, no matter how good the draft is. I would like to see them compete right to the end. Maybe be five, six points away from a playoff spot. Not like not make the playoff by like a game or something. Like be a little bit out, but compete. Show each and indiv- each player on the team taking that next step, showing the whole collective being a little bit better as a unit, show improvements on the power play. The goaltending situation, I put to the side because I don't think any of the three current goalies that are on the team are the goalie of the future. So to me, it doesn't matter what happens there. If Montembeau ends up having a world world beater of a season, so be it. That's interesting, and we take it from there. But I'm not looking at goaltending. I'm looking at the young defensemen taking a step forward. I'm looking at the forwards taking that next progression, and I think it's important that they do that this year and not – quote unquote tank or, or be a terrible team. They're, they're gonna they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna be entertaining to watch. I think even Martin St. Louis coaching style allows them to be an entertaining team. They're gonna be speedy. But to Dave's point when he said that they've taken on projects, when a team is taking on quote unquote projects is because they know that it's gonna take some time for these projects to come to a certain maturity if they even work out. So that means they have the luxury of time to work it, on these projects. It took, it took Doc a year. One season, but but is it, I'm no? Not but saying, I'm not saying he's there. No, but, no, no. Yeah. But he's. You can see that right away. The project is worked out. So I think you're setting yourself up for failure if that's what you think. I think that the project is more than just a one year on a on a useless a season. Uh, to seeing how oh yeah he's fixed and Kirby Doc's going forward. I'm not, I'm not as he's fixed. Than you. I'm not well, you he's did. Fixed. You said it took him one year to no, get to. I said to, I said to they took on a project. Yeah. See, to me, a project is a slow incremental. Progression. I think the difference between the Kirby Doc player that they previewed that was on the Blackhawks that came, which was a question mark, versus the player that played for that whole season, nobody can deny that wasn't an incredibly improved player. And you can only deduce 
that there's no reason to regress this season. He either stays the same or takes the next step. I mean, it's still you've won. You've you've you've. In, well, how not? You're going to say he's going to regress this year? What indicators are there for that? There's it's very possible he regresses. I mean, you 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 came into a new system. You had no, you you were given all the opportunities in the world to play with with, with great talented guys. You had no pressure whatsoever, re realistically, on, on you. And there's so still no you, pressure, though. I mean. There is a little bit of pressure because now people are going to want to see him in that 2C spot. People are going to want to see him. Suzuki gets injured for for a stretch of games. He's going to have to take over that 1C spot. Yes. The pressure is going to be much more this year than it was last year. Last year, it was no – it's going to be like New Hook this year. Whatever. If it fails, who cares? Nobody really, really, really minds that much. Now, it's okay. Everybody's like Matt, I think, penciled in, Kirby Doc – Top two, top six minimum, maybe even. So I see some people slotting him on the top line alongside uh, on the wing, which I, I don't get at all. But th that's what people see him: first line or a second line guy, locked in. And I think, to me, that's putting the the cart before the horse. I don't even know what the <laughs> it is. I, I, you again. I'm always weary of people having good seasons under new circumstances, under a new head coach, and in garbage time where nothing matters and all of it, you, you have hands off. You don't have to play defense. You don't have to do anything. I mean, that the other reason, the other reason why yeah. I think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to struggle this year uh, is mainly because every team in their division is much better than them right now. It's one of the strongest divisions in the league. One of them. I would give it more to the Metropolitan, but I mean, when you look at the, 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 the teams ahead of them, they're, whether it's on paper or on ice, they're better. Now, can Montreal surprise and beat some of them because teams are underestimating them? Yeah, that's possible. But look at look at all the teams in their division. It's not going to be easy for Montreal. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they finish at the bottom of their division or, or at least very close to it this year. There's a version of history where everybody hits this year, right? Where Kirby Doc absolutely progresses and, and, and hits a home run. I'm not saying that that is impossible, but to say it's a lock is wrong. That new hook ends up being the guy that you want him to see, that Josh Anderson bounces back and becomes that power forward that Did you like to see. mention anything about Anderson or new hook yet. I'm simply saying from Kirby Doc to go from what you're saying, I believe the pressure was actually much greater on him last year. Personally, he wow. had to show that he can do it. He He's a, he's a, quote-unquote bust of a third that. overall pick when he was with Chicago. He played Just with Kane and that. Taves, man. Like, uh, you got to think about it that way. He comes here. Now he has a much weaker supporting cast, and he's got to show himself. And he, I believe, definitely showed he is 100% on the right path progression. He is not there yet. He is not at the summit. He's not at the top of the hill. There is more to come. I'm saying, however, that if you took a flyer on him and he had the season he had, I would have to say that that was a successful um, project that you're currently on. It is a success so far. Yes, I'm. I'm 100. Everybody, with everybody's a so far. You can say the same thing about Caulfield. He was he was on pace for over 40 goals. He hasn't hit it. Everybody keeps coming back on that knock, and I got to admit, to you got to cop it. It hasn't happened yet. For Do sure, I'm, feel I like it's gonna happen. Well, I know you're a little bit on the. Fast I agree side with that too. Things. That's another thing that that's that's on my uh, on my, uh, you know. It, there, there's question marks around, and and, and there's a, a version of history, as I was about to say, that like everything hits, and Cole Caulfield becomes the 40 goal scorer, that Kirby Doc takes the, the next step, that a new hook pans out, that everything happens and and it works. But there's also a version where these things don't happen, where they regret, where where or they stay the exact same, and, and it's just not good enough to get to the next. Cole Caulfield is yet to have one 
solid 82 game amazing season. There, there a little bit of the, connection the, issues the, here. Sorry, everybody. Can you guys hear me now? We can just chop in a little bit there, but we think we got the point. I get it, hundred percent right. what you're saying. That there is a hunt. You you don't know. That's the beauty of a new season and the question marks going into it. We don't know what's going to happen. Okay, all, all right. I can do is from my perspective. My perspective, I think it's better for this team to start gelling now with the core that they have and take a progression forward versus it all going down the tubes again like last year with injuries or whatever or just simply not being good enough and then you're finding yourselves in the bottom again. While I do think that the Montreal Canadiens will will be – or there's a possibility that they end up being a bottom, say, seven team, maybe even seven, I do think that for the most part – and I'm hopeful. Maybe it's the Habs fan in me and all that. That they'll be, they'll hit like that 10, 11, 12. And not necessarily that we're not going to make the playoffs, but you're going to see that progress, that progression that you're talking about, Matt. And you're going to be like, okay, it's going to be entertaining hockey, and it's going to give us that hope that next year, depending what acquisitions and what moves they make, you look and say, okay, they're, you know what, we're we're going to be fighting for a middle of the, of, you know, probably for the last playoff spot, and then keep taking those leaps uh, as we're going forward. But again, that then comes down to. That there's still another couple of seasons for this rebuild, but I yeah, think Montreal's the rebuild start, isn't over. I'm not it's saying not it's over, close. but you're it's like it has just begun, and I'm no, more like we're in the middle of it. Well, I well, I said there's been one full calendar year, so that's not enough to say. Hey, there's a lot of people right now that are like, oh, we're ready for the next step. It's done. It's the rebuild is done. No, yes, the no, cupboard. There's a lot so of either. players. There's a lot of players in the Montreal's depth chart and all that stuff that could come into the NHL and, and do something. To what that damage is, we don't know. But to say that the rebuild is over or even close to it, no, we're, we're a couple years well, away. Now, I, think, well, I yeah. think that it takes that one player to move the needle enough, maybe. I, that's that's the main factor. Can some of the guys that are there, could the Caulfields, could the Slavkovskis, could the Suzukis and the Docs, for example, could they somehow, to Dave's point, it hits? and they just blow up and they become the superstar, that helps a lot. Because I think when you talk about the depth that this team has, while I think most will agree that have a, an understanding of the depths of the majority of the NHL teams, Montreal's in the top. It's not the best, possibly, but they're definitely the... They have a cupboard stocked enough that you can say they're amongst the better the teams. Aver the average side has but put them three to six. There you go. Six. But the problem is they have a ton of guys who are second, third pairing guys. They don't have a guy in their system that is, you know, he's coming and he's gonna be like, oh my god, the guy. That's the difference. And that's and the, the thing, unfortunate part. And the thing about prospects is that they have to hit eventually. They have to show up. It's great to have it on paper. And and, and the Canadians for the last ten years or fifteen years has been the victim of this. Always amazing these amazing pro prospects in the pipeline. And eventually, they just never pan out, or seemingly never seem to pan yeah. out. Right? They have yep. one good season, Galchenyuk, thirty goal season. This guy's the future. What happened to him? And and you know, you could go down the line with them, right? Yeah. You could go down the yeah. line with all these guys that you're excited about. Kostitsin, if you want to go even further down the line, oh, people thought Please thinking don't. he's no, but Chris <laughs> Higgins, future captain of this club, club that's even further down the line. But if you want to go closer to history, I mean, there's there's a bunch of people who you thought, oh, this is going to be the next guy for sure. And and that's the thing about this Canadians roster is you look at it and you look at the depth chart and you're like, wow, okay, they have they're a ton of like prospects that like can't miss prospects. But they got to not miss, and that's 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 a very bigger true. deal than a lot of people. You know, it's everything on paper is fine, but you know you have to you have to improve it on the ice. I, I will say though that 
their most most recently in the most recent years a lot of their prospects have hit the only ones where they they're lacking is you know third overall picks like Kotkaniemi and those and even at that can you really say Kotkaniemi is a miss he's in the NHL he's being productive he's just not Brady Kachuk well he, he's a he's a miss for where he was picked the difference yeah, is look at look at Harvey Pinard. He's a massive hit of where he was picked. He'll never be a top line guy, mm-hmm. but he's an NHL player. He signed his contract, but you got him in the seventh round. So of course, there's context behind everybody. A lot of these guys were picked late first and second rounds, mm-hmm. and the odds of these guys hitting when you look at the uh, Brian Wild posts this a lot. There's like a percentage breakdown of where you're drafted and the percentage of you being an NHLer versus All Star. The moment you drop out of that first round. Your your all star potential goes down to basically zero, and the and just making the NHL is you're under fifty percent, I think by a lot. So to your point, Vito, I think recently they've got a lot of guys that definitely look like they're going to ascend. You got the Owen Becks, the Joshua Huas, the Messars. You got all these kind of guys that okay, you know, guys that they've traded for too, like uh, Heineman and a bunch of these guys that look like they should come. But I don't think any of them have the ceiling to be a top line. And you are missing that. You you said in, earlier in the episode, I yeah. 100% agree with you, the glaring holes that they have right now is the top, top, top banana, top all-star of the team, a top guy on the top line, and your goalie. You got to eventually address that. Now, but, you know that this topic is going to trigger some people to bring up Matt Vemichkov, right? So let's just prepare ourselves for that because they... I mean, if they expect. want to... Now, now want I want to... They can bring him up, and and to their point, when you look at him uh, through those highlight videos and some of some of things that the scouts have said, yeah, that's a player that Montreal should have in their pipeline. However, now there's a lot of variables to this. There's a lot of things. He's been a healthy scratch for two straight games. In the I was going to say, what clips are they looking at? The ones from last year? Because he hasn't played this year, and that was a big part of the apparently why teams are shying away from not being able to control his future. But I really don't want to dive to Mavi Michkov conversation right now. I did have one other thing I wanted to ask you boys. Because, you know, obviously it's September, and September means preseason hockey. And I wanted to know your take about preseason. What do you feel about preseason? Is it too long? Is yes. it long enough? Should it be shorter? Does it matter? Should people read into it? Is it really just throw a bunch of things out there and see? Is there merits to it? What do you guys think? How do you feel about preseason hockey? I think it's too long, personally. Um, they should shorten it. There's the risk of injury, too. Now, I get it. Most At the beginning, the first few games of the preseason, it's most of the, the young kids playing, but they still have to have meet a certain requirement of number of NHL players on the ice. Um, I think it's way too long. It's like just get right into either either get into the NHL games right away or you know do a preseason of a max three four games just to get everybody's legs going a little bit and call it a day why did they go so long you go they're basically starting i think it's uh last week of september and the nhl season doesn't start till like october 10. i think it's eight games is it eight games they have six games they have six preseason games games that i see here yeah they play the devils the senators the leafs twice uh three times and then the Sens again and that's it so six uh, games. That's I feel long. like there were more before. Did they actually there, there do was, so? No. Yeah, I think they did. There, there was more, but it's it's. it's so you want even less than six? Three games, four max. Three games. Three games. Like uh, I mean, it's and you're talking about a, it's it's basically you have training camp, then you jump into these preseason games just to see who the heck is going to fit into the thing. Then you got a ten game window where you could keep some of these players before you have to make a decision on them. Just get the damn thing, damn thing going. <laughs> the, the NHL right. preseason, I, I think, is best of all the sports because, like, NFL preseason is, is you know, 
I find it's it's interesting, but you know, compared to like forget spring training and, and baseball and stuff like no, that. And no, no. Um, I think the, the NHL is interesting because you get to see these guys that they just drafted in a in a Canadian's lineup and and guys these prospects. You get to see them for a little bit against other other teams, and I, I think it's a little it, has, it keep it keeps my interest a little bit. But six games is perfect, I think. I think six games is like the perfect slot. I think it goes from September 25th to October 2nd, really. And then there's like a game later on against the Senators that's like a week later. But other than that, it's like five games in five days. Like, that's fine with me. I think you could pull that off. And I, I think that it, it's okay. I mean, it gives you the opportunity to, to see uh, more than so than any other sports, standouts, right? Someone who really steals a spot. In the, in the lineup in these preseason games where in other sports, I mean, your roster is pretty much set when you get there. There's no one really blowing you away. And even if they do, they're likely to start the season in the minors. I, I, I'm okay with the preseason, how it is. And, and, and it's weird saying that because it's like, I would never really have much yeah. interest in watching a preseason game, but it, I see the value in it for people who are involved with the team. I got okay. no patience. I, got I no mean, patience. I, I actually thought it was longer than six games. I'll be honest with you. You mentioned six. I was like, hmm. Did they shrink it recently? Because I, I remember it was, going on forever. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I think it used to be eight games. I yeah, thought I, it was eight too. So so six, six automatically makes it more palatable to me because I thought it was more. Uh, to Vito's point, I, I, I would maybe prefer a little less, maybe not three, perhaps give it like five four, games, four, oh, but five. like closer to the season. So there's not a bit of a gap. Like it's, you know, okay, know, so something, without something like that. Without going through the entire list of who's going to be invited to the training camp in the preseason, who do you think is going to be your player that stands out that qualifies, not for the whole season, but for the 10 games? Whew. Good question. I don't know if there's anybody. Uh... Well, they're, they're, think, off the top I of think, my head, there's three players. I think okay. Reinbacher sticks for 10 games. I don't, no, I don't think so. Reinbacher's going back home. No, he'll go back home, but I think they might if if unless if he looks completely out of out of place in the in the preseason, if he shows why he was picked fifth overall, I'd be surprised they send him back. I think he does the ten games and then they send uh, him back. But I where really, where do you fit him in the roster in the lineup? They have so many players. That's why I don't think he does the ten games. But, but guys, sit. Okay, so either way, you're 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 hopeful it's Ryan Bacher or think well, it's I don't Ryan know. Hopeful. I mean, you're telling me who do I think it is? I I think it's him. Who am I hopeful for? I think it's going to come down to three players, and one of them's going to might surprise some people. Some people. Okay, give it to us. Who is it? All right. So yeah, I go. think Heineman Heineman's a candidate. Gonna, yeah, Heineman. Yes. Owen yes. Beck is the other candidate, and William Trudeau is the other one. Those yeah. are the three guys that have a chance, in my opinion. The rest of them are either all Laval bound. They're all going back to the juniors. They're all going back overseas, whatever they can Wait, a chance, a chance to do the 10 games and then go back yeah. or a chance to make the roster? No, no, a, a chance to... Stick around for the 10 games. And out during the preseason and stick around for 10 games. Okay. And then, then they'll make a decision is what I said. Okay. Right. Whether the decision's to stay with the team or send yeah. them out, they're going to hit the 10 games. That was the focus for me, is those 10 games. That's fair. Heinemann's a great pick. I think Heinemann has a really good chance. I think, I think that's a really smart uh, pick right there. I would agree. I would agree. Then I have one other question for you. Owen Beck? Yeah, I don't know. I think I just like him back down again. Another well, side. Yeah, you know? I want him to play a lot of minutes because right now yeah. 
it's congested in Montreal. If you, if they, unless they make another wow. move, many players right now. They still have to. I mean, even if all these guys are standouts, I mean, you're sitting, you're sitting. You'd have to sit roster players. There's, they there's they have there's too many guys. You have Yulon in there too. You have, you have Sean Farrell. That, like, there's a million people who could just. Where are all these guys going to play? I just don't know. You're you're kind of almost banking on injuries at this point. Well, you're going to see some players because they got to get to 23 players right now. There's 25 on their active roster, so you know there's players going down on waivers. Or they're going to move them for future considerations, the famous future considerations. Yeah, but that, that you don't; those do. are not moves you see usually at the around training camp because people are all the teams are strapped. No, you're so, right, Dave. But it's I, I said this. I think it was the last episode or one before where typically what ends up happening is, as you all know, whether it's preseason, whether it's the start of the season, the first 15 games, players get hurt. Typically, they get hurt, they overtrain, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, there's certain players, teams in the standings that don't want to lose ground, and they go and take a, they go into a minor acquisition of some kind just to keep it going, they keeping things afloat. There are certain teams that I've gone through their rosters, whether it's on cap friendly or daily, or a daily face off, whatever, that are missing. Whether it's a right-handed defenseman, a depth right-handed defenseman, uh, or a depth uh, third, fourth liners, whatever the case may be. And guess what? Montreal's got a few of them. So there might be some moves that happen like that, but they'd be minor. Like don't expect anything grand. The only big move that I think everybody's keeping an eye on is what happens with Casey DeSmith. But yeah, so, I think that's fair too. All right. Yeah, so that's because he mentioned it. But but I'm curious, what's your question? You said you had a question. What's your question? Slavkovsky. Does he progress this year? Does he, uh, do you guys, uh, if, if so, what do you expect his point totals to be by the end of the season? Or what would you be satisfied with from Slavkovsky? I think we, we talked about this last time too. But yes, no, he, he progresses. He progresses 100%. He progresses. As long as he doesn't get hurt, you know, knock wood, he doesn't get oh, hurt. It's always about barring injury, right? That, All right. So, so barring injury, yes, he progresses. And what would I be happy with? I'd be happy with... Forty-three points. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, it's hard not to progress from what he had ten points last year, four goals, ten no, points. I mean, it's hard. No, it it's hard not. To pro- I think so. No, did, did he not? Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, you might be right. Um, it's hard not to 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 progress from that. So to me, I don't know. Um, I, I I think I'd be happy with forty points. I think it might be a stretch, a bit of a stretch. It depends on where he plays in the lineup, right? If he's going to be settled on that fourth line, and you know, don't expect too much production no, from him. I don't think. Uh, I, don't think this, I don't line. think this. I don't think this management does that. No, the lowest so. is going to be a third line. Lowest. You don't know. You don't know if he struggles right out the gate. If he, you know what I mean. If some players are just playing better and deserve a higher spot on the roster, he's one of those guys that you wouldn't get killed to to, to put him back onto that fourth line. Um, and and you know he, him play a chunk of change in that you know 10, 15 games on that fourth line. I don't I don't see that as an impossibility, and that would affect his production. But yeah, I mean anything better than ten points, I'll take. I think I just so, want to see him be a factor on the ice and show a little bit of why he was this guy is not like a you know a 15th he's a first overall pick you know what i mean so there yes. there whether you like it or not there are expectations that come with it and you're in year 2 now yes you lost half the season last year because of injury but you're in year 2 now let let's see what you got agreed okay so <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to put my, my my neck out on this one and i'm going to say no oh boy i yeah I this say is, he's going to have Vito's crazy prediction time. Yeah, I'm like, wh- okay, well, is he not going to progress? What's your no, prediction? 48 points, 23 huh. goals. 23 goals. Wow. You'll have 23 goals this season. 
right. Okay. So like obvious it. progression then. That's a that's a clear. Yeah. A clear it, well, I knew he was going to progress anyways. Like, uh, to me, you it, know. He told I know. you. I told I you up. Said, hey, Vito. It's laugh. I want you and all the Get Puck listeners to know I'm progressing this year. Also, by the way, I'm going for 23 goals. Do you see how he's training? From what I read, too, he shed a bit of that weight that he put on to that he yeah. apparently thought that he needed that weight to, you know, to be in the he's, NHL. He's a child still. I know yeah. it doesn't look like it. I know he looks like a Terminator. I know. <laughs> I know. But he is a child. He's going to get leaner. He's going to get more muscular. He's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger every single year. He is. I just want more man. interviews from him. I want more interviews from him. Well, okay, yeah, the guy's he got some great sound bits too. But I think everybody needs to to get on this bandwagon. You got it's 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 not a guarantee as nothing in life is, but it is very certain as long as he's he stays healthy, he is going to be a factor on this team. He is going to be more in the top six than he will be in the bottom six in this upcoming season. And I think 40, 40 points is a is a minimum to be happy. I would love and expect more than that. I'm being conservative because I keep getting burned with these predictions, so I'm saying 43. But you got some – hey, man, you got public um, – oh, who was it? I don't know, ESPN or whoever it was. But somebody came out and they were doing the point totals that they predicted. They have slapped down for 50 points. So we're not crazy. You got professionals out there that are suggesting that this is possible. I think it happens. I think it happens. I think I think we're going to see a forty-plus total season in his second year, without question. Without question. Without question. I love it. I love the confidence you guys have. With, I love question. the optimism, the confidence. I love it all. I love Man, it all. It's a new season, baby. You got to be excited. Come on, now we're in September. Hockey is. You know what you we're going to do? Smell it. It's so close. You know what? We're going to the athletic NHL. They all do. They all do their. Uh, you know their projections for people's total for players' totals and whatever. We're going to do it for the Habs. That's what I said. We're going to each of us. We're going to have our own list of stats and what we project the Habs players to get. And at the end of the season, we'll do another episode where we see how far off were we. We could do sure. a Google Doc and we'll share it instead of because yeah. I'm sure we've gone through this a couple times already. We'll post it so it's there. Oh, we've done over for people to see. We've, We've done, done over-unders, over but we never but specific I think, numbers, goals, and all that. Stuff. Yes, I think fair, fair, fair. So we'll definitely do that. We'll throw it down. We'll we'll put it in a Google Doc and we'll make it uh, visible for everybody to come check it out. We'll post it on our socials. So take it. Definitely keep an eye out for that because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, as always, we throw the questions to you guys, our our listeners out there. And again, we appreciate every single one of you. And my little shtick, real fast. If you haven't already, please consider like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Thanks very much. Um, what do you think about Slav? Um, do you think his point totals is 40 a decent benchmark to put him at? Is it too high? Is it too low? What are your expectations? What do you think is going to happen? Barring injury, of course. And then uh, let, let us know what you think about preseason too. What, do you guys like it? Do you follow it religiously? Do you kind of like just catch up on it the next day? Do you watch the full games? Is it interesting to you? Too long? Too short? These are all things that are pretty exciting to us that we'd like to know about and, uh, and see in the comments below. Otherwise... Unless you gentlemen have anything else you want to add. Welcome back, Dave. Welcome back, Dave. Thank you. Thank yes, you more Dave. I think we Thank speak you. on behalf of everybody. More Dave. Always Amen. more Dave. So for yeah. Mr. Trentadue and for Vito, I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. And this was Get Pucked.